This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a new episode of the Creators Outlet live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, you can also listen to this anytime afterwards as a podcast, anywhere you like to get your free podcast at. Today, we welcome our special guest, John Hervey. You can find him on Twitter at Beyond Time Inc. Welcome, sir. Hey, Will. How are you doing, man? Good. Doing good. Doing good. You have been busy since we spoke last. Indeed, my friend. Uh, I have uh, continued to uh, produce more content. Um, so just uh, trying to expand the Beyond Time universe, my friend. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Very, very good. And uh, we've got a, 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 a little campaign that is uh, 1,049% of gold so uh three days left you still have time to get in on this it's magna and the posse yeah this was um this was maybe a little bit too ambitious i was um you know from a timing perspective i was trying to do two campaigns in one mm-hmm. and, uh, in retrospect i don't think i would do that again i think uh one one property per campaign is enough yeah and uh You know, I think, hey, Hex Allen, how are you? What's up, Mel? Uh, and there's, you know, there's another, like, little campaign going on now uh, from our friend Eric July that... Uh, yeah, there's a, some tiny things happening in the universe world of crowdfunding. Three, you know? no, that's, that's nothing. Right? I mean, I mean, look at me. I've got 5,000. Now, that's something. I mean, what, you know, what is this? What is this? Three million? Uh, all jokes that, aside, I'm, yeah. uh, it's exciting. You yeah. know, it's, it's exciting to see, uh, you know, hopefully the pot growing, you mm-hmm. know, and crowdfunding becoming 
um, whether it's a larger niche in the niche of comics, you know, a little bit more trusted, uh, more, you know, getting, getting more fans. That's a, at the end of the, at the end of the day, we just need more eyeballs on crowdfunding. Yeah. Now here's a question because I think what he did, the way he did it and he's been, you know, him and his team have been working on this for years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been, uh, hanging with the big dogs. Oof. That's right. Uh, I've been following Eric for years, uh, from, you know, his, you know, music. And I caught, I caught his YouTube channel like a few years ago and I saw all the comic book stuff. I go, well, let's see what this guy's talking about. And before you know it, I was following him there. I, I watch, uh, you know, I watch the news and where, you know, because it matters from, uh, blaze tv mm -hmm. and he he ends up being a contributor like one or two times a week to throw you know throw it in you know his his opinion of you know what's going on in the world and yeah so i i, I follow him around and then i i looked and i saw that he crowdfunded but he crowdfunded on his own website yes no middleman with Kickstarter or Indiegogo, just yo, good stuff. Stuff, wow. good stuff, Thomas Gator. Um, so everything's through his channel because I looked. I go, I've never seen anybody else, not even Graham or Ethan, do a seventy-five day campaign. What's going on with this? Yeah. And then I realized, I go, it's on his own website. That's right. And it's like. Now, what are your thoughts? Because I know you have your own website. I do. Because people can go there and and for a fee, it's kind of like a, almost like a, a licensing deal like you get from Voodoo when you buy movies. You pay, a, you pay a few bucks and you can actually read a bunch of your content right, right on your website. So That's right. You know, I... So... Um, kind of to, to preface this conversation, um, when uh, Brian Bavitas, I, I saw him, I don't know, maybe it was a couple months ago, a few months ago on um, Michael Bancroft's show. Yeah. And, you know, this was, this was a model that Brian had spoken about. And uh, when he said it, I felt, I felt like it was a red pill moment. You know, um, I, I do think this, is at least part of the way um because at the end of the day um the crowdfunding sites for the most part are, are portals you know mm -hmm. they're you know they're 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 portals for getting you know you know kind of uh the, the the campaign transaction together but the portals themselves they don't do a ton in terms of bringing in new readership that's still the work of this ecosystem that we have you know you've got people that have shows like yourself you have people that have content and it's the ecosystem that drives people to the campaigns but really the you know the indiegogos the kickstarter starters no matter what you're looking at they're they're just enabling the campaigns so in my mind what eric july is doing and what brian bavitas has been doing with dwarves um i think it's great because you're kind of cutting out the middleman, um, which is better for your bottom line. 
you can have more flexibility on the way that you structure campaigns. Just like you said, he had a 75 day campaign, you know, I mean, you can, you can set up a campaign, but you know, is the clock really ticking on you? You know, it's your, you, you know, you, you have, you know, you have the platform. Ultimately. So, um, I think it's, I think it's a great way to go about it. Um, I, I like it. I, cause uh, on my website, I've been, um, you know, definitely setting up a, uh, a Shopify store is, uh, is in the near future. Um, I like having the ability to have uh, that campaign feel because it drives a little bit of urgency and it gives you a little bit of, uh, uh, it gives you some buzz you know, kind of around your project. But this is the thing that I think is kind of cool. Um, you know, he's, he's going to, he's going to get his book. He's going to get his book. You know, it is financed. He's going to, he's going to get his book produced. He's going to get it published and he's going to get it out to folks. But I think there may be, and I think what I want to try is setting up like a, a Shopify store like that. Um, but I, I have my, my product, I have my books completed before I start campaigns. So if I can launch a campaign and I can execute the transactions up front, I can actually start delivering while the campaign is live. Mm -hmm. um, and then people don't have to wait. So that's something that I am considering uh, kind of, you know, on a go going forward basis. As you can see, the crowdfunding space has definitely gotten a lot more competitive. Um, right now, I feel like there's a lot more books buying for the same dollars. Um, I know I'm not the only crowdfunder who's, who's seen, uh, you know, kind of a drop, you know, in the most recent campaign versus the prior campaign. And that's not everyone. Some people have knocked it out the park. And, you know, it, it just kind of is what it is. It's, you know, some people have done excellent jobs with their, you know, their marketing and they've done a really great job of capturing their fan base um, and, you know, keeping them engaged so when their new books came out, um, you know, that's all part of the game. That's not something I've done particularly well. You know, you know, I kind of sometimes would disappear in between campaigns, just kind of put my head down and, and, and produce the books. Mm -hmm. But um, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it's not as conducive to having a successful campaign. You know, you have to have a little bit more of a balance. You, you gotta, you gotta kind of stay in front of folks. Um, because there's so many new things out there. There's so many shiny things that are showing up all the time oh yeah for for every crappy book that the main street puts on stands at comic shops this week there's you know there's an equal number of great projects coming across crowdfunding yes you know and i mean right now there's some you know outside of eric because he's this is his first his first oh my god uh <laughs> what, what's it gonna be like with book 10 oh 10 million dollars in the first day um but there's been there's a lot of other you know big names in the industry mm -hmm. that have you know that have current crowdfunders going on that's and, the shift i think i think yeah. that's the shift we've seen in the last year um because i've spoken with other you know, you know, kind of smaller indie folks like myself. And we're like, wow, you know, it's like, you kind of expect the continued upward trend, 
but then all of a sudden you realize that like those same dollars now it's not just you know john hervey who you don't know but now you got kenneth roqueford you got all these folks that yeah. you do know and that you already love and they're putting out books dale keown you've got all these folks you already love and now they're entering the crowdfunding game so you know i think it's a good thing um my hope is that along with us that are already here in the crowdfunding game that um they will bring some new people mm -hmm. uh you know because we need to continue to grow the pool and then you know folks like myself we have to pivot a little bit we got to figure out how do i how do we differentiate ourselves a little bit more how do we um you know make our product more you know compelling you know these are these are great books um but it doesn't have the flagship name on it so you know what are those and to me, I, this doesn't bug me. I mean, this is this is how free markets work. It, it doesn't scare me. Uh, it just means that we have to we have to be creative. We have to figure out ways to reach folks. And it's also it's not just incumbent upon, you know, the Rokerfords and the and the Keones of the world to bring in new folks. It's it's incumbent on me. It's incumbent mm -hmm. on all of us to figure out. You know, I got we got to grow the pond. You know, as as well as continuing to produce more content, we got to grow the pond because we are a niche inside of a niche. Comic books is a niche, but crowdfunding is a niche inside of a niche. So how do we get a bigger part of the comic book pie? Yeah, because a lot of a lot of these, like like yours, I consider uh, graphic. They're graphic novels. That's right. If I, you know. If you go to a comic shop or like a bookstore in the mall and they've got a comic section and you look, it's going to be, you know, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, which on average are 25 bucks a piece. Right. Um, there's, you know, a few people out there that are, you know, just doing the floppies. Right. You know, crowdfunding, crowdfunding the floppies and set them up that way. But I mean, if it's, it's all, you know, bang for the buck, which I think is why uh, manga is so huge. I concur, Will. I and mean, are you going to pay $7 for another Amazing Spider-Man number one, or are you going to pay $10 for a nice thick volume, even though it's black and white with storytelling on every subject under the sun under the sun and, and i think it's interesting too even even for those folks that are backing books i mean there there doesn't seem to be that kind of a quantitative uh, analysis being made when people buy books like all books are just being looked at as equal you know in my campaign i've got three graphic novels that are each uh 76 pages and they're priced at 25 bucks there's campaigns that have single issues priced at 25 bucks, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, you know, you, you, there's no, there's no pricing standard, which is fine. Um, but, you know, trying to bring value to the table is challenging if that's not really a part of people's calculus, when they, but, but it is a part of people's calculus. Like, like the manga folks, it is a part of the calculus. But mm -hmm. right now in the crowdfunding, we're still kind of like the wild, wild west. People just look at something that looks cool. They'll pay 25 bucks for 22 pages. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and which, which in my mind is not a sustainable model. Um, that's not how you grow. That's not how you grow the industry. Um, that's, that's, that's pricing people out of the industry. Um, you know, but until, until as a consumer base, and maybe just because we're such, we're so on the bleeding edge of it until as a consumer base, we start taking all these things, these factors into consideration, you know, everything is just the same. It's just a crowdfunder. It doesn't matter that you're getting 76 pages for this 25 bucks versus 22 pages for the 25 bucks over here. But I think for the, for the average consumer, that's an issue. You know, that's, that's a part of the calculus of how they're going to pick a product. Yeah. I went from basically canceling all my, all my comics, mostly because of all the garbage that they were. I was only getting like a couple of titles and I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm done. It's like, you know, six bucks for a comic book. I'm like, it's crazy. Not to make myself sound like a boomer because I'm a Gen Xer, even though I do have a show that is called OK Boomer. Uh, but I diverse. Um, it's I came into comics as a little as a little kid on the spinner rack. Same here. And when I first started being able to grab one of my mom buying it for me every Sunday, um, they had just gone from 20 cents to 25 cents. Yeah. And now they're like six ninety-five, seven ninety-five. They'd be like, oh, but look at this pretty cover. And Art Germ did this cardstock cover. It's an extra buck for that. I'm like, didn't ask no. for that. We didn't ask for that. I didn't, ask for, I didn't ask for that. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Uh go back to newsprint. I mean, graphic novels, yeah, you're gonna get you you expect to get a, a higher end content. But like regular floppies, I'm I'm happy. Man, I want my comics to smell like the seventies. You know what? I'm like I'm a Gen Xer as well. And so when I so the first comics, of course, that I bought with my mom's money, comics were 25 cents. I remember when they moved up to 35, and that was a big jump. We were just like, oh my goodness, what is going on? 35 cents. Yeah, they were you 30 know. cents for like a week, and then they just said, nah. No, 35. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, nicely done. Yeah, Mel and I, we, uh, we worked at, at Motown Animation oh, together. Nice. That's how we know each other. And uh, nice man. I need That's to. Cool. I need. I need to. I need to check out uh, hardware. Check out Dennis's work. But it's a different world, you know. Yeah. And it's like, and uh, you know what? There's. I know that there's been a lot of, kind of talk, you know, as if, you know, whether it's against manga or. But you know what? We need to learn some lessons. Um you know, mm -hmm. as to how this business is going to become a sustainable and viable business. Um, I, I went to, uh, just this last weekend, I went to Comics Palooza here in Houston. And this is a comic book show. Uh, before pre-COVID, they'd have about 50,000 folks. Um, wasn't as well attended as it was in the past, but let me tell you something. There were, there were a lot of manga and anime people at a comic book show. And they do open their wallets. 
they do spend their money. Um, they're not gonna they're not gonna buy a comic book, a 22 page book for, for five bucks. They're not gonna do that. Um, but they will get their bang for their buck. Um, I was able to make some sales there, even though the book doesn't look like a manga book. Um, it was just more of of giving people a little bit of a of a feel of, hey, um, you know, if you've seen you know Record of Ragnarok, you know that's a great reference for what you're going to get in Magna, you know, and the pos. Oh, okay. So you're giving folks a frame of reference. You know, we kind of act like, you know, like weebs are a completely different breed. They're not, you know, I mean, it's like, they're, they're the comic book kids of today. You know, I mean, this is, you know, and I don't think this is my, my, my thought is, they're not averse to um, content that isn't just strictly manga. The problem is the comic book institution is making all of this stuff that nobody wants. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and, and this is just, these are just my thoughts on the matter. It's like, in a lot of ways, us as independent comic book creators, we have more in, we have more in common with manga creators than we do with the big two. You know, we own our IP. We're telling stories that are actually, you know, entertaining, you know, and we're looking for we're looking for our slice of that fan base that's interested in what we're doing. You know, so kind of as as independent comic creators, you know, we've got to we got to at least in my mind, you know, we, we got to stop acting like, you know, like the manga folks are a completely different breed, like they're uh, an enemy to what we're trying to do, uh, because they're not. They're actually doing some things that we need to figure out mm -hmm. and start doing if we want to grow our market. We want to get, if we want to get young people reading books again. You can't have all, you know, it, it won't be through the conventional books because they suck. You know, I mean, it's like you can't demolish your heroes. You can't rape Superman. You can't do these things. And then think that somebody wants to have any part of this. They don't, you know, and, and rightfully so. We can't be upset at them for it. I mean, it, I think about how good comics were when I when I was picking them up off the spinner rack. If they were the books that we had today, I wouldn't have picked that stuff up. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have become a comic book reader. No, we can't blame kids for not reading this junk. Yeah, because they're, you know, a lot of this stuff that they're putting out, they're just, you know, it's, you know, it's signals to like the one percenters. And I'm like, uh, no, why don't you make, why, why are you going like, you know, kind of like McDonald's serving salads. <laughs> if you cared about your health, you wouldn't go to McDonald's for a salad. Right. <laughs> you know, <'cause> all, <laughs> they, all they did was scrape a Big Mac, you know, the Big Mac fixings into a little plastic bowl and charge you six bucks for it. Stop. Exactly. <laughs> no, you're, you're hundred percent right. So, I mean, I think, you know, I think there's actually great opportunities for us to grow this market. Mm -hmm. I think there's, um, you know, opportunities for us to, whether it's through crowdfunding or if it morphs into people using their own sites to run campaigns. And honestly, I don't know what that's supposed to even look like on a go forward basis because if the book is already produced. You know, I've even had that question myself. I'm like, 
kind of using Indiegogo kind of as a, as a marketing tool. And this is where a lot of us go, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, if I'm, if I'm using my own site and I'm making, and I'm a part of the community and I'm in chats and I'm on shows, you know, what's, you know, am I, am I really losing, you know, by, by doing it off my own site as opposed to, and I guess I'll find out, <laughs> you yeah. know, this is all, this is all kind of uh, the, the new frontier. So, you know, maybe I'll come back after another campaign and be like, Hey, Will, you know what? I was wrong. <laughs> that, that whole Spotify thing didn't work. I'm going back to Indiegogo. I don't know. Yeah. You don't know until you, until you try it. And, you know, you, you've got the book, you've, you've always got your books completed and there's, you know, there's a bunch of other creators that do the, do it the same way. Uh, like, uh, Roland Mann over at Silverline does the exact same thing. He doesn't mm -hmm. launch a Kickstarter until all the books in that Kickstarter are done. Yeah. And, you know, so the, the book's all set to go and all your, you're basically crowdfunding for the printing and shipping. That's right. And, and any trash keys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You so it's, it's, it's just a, it's kind of a different model, but you know, you're trying to reduce some of the risk, you know, yeah. so people, so people realize, well, I'm going to get the book. You know, it's not a matter of, man, is this guy even going to finish the production of the book? Yeah, I, I get nervous when I have somebody on goes, yeah, well, there's only three pages up right now because that's all we, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's a bad sign. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're like, okay, I'm committing my dollars to this, you know, and it's uh, it's not a small thing, you know, I mean, it, it's a commitment, you know, despite kind of what the what the small print says in Indiegogo, you know, it is a commitment, you know, oh, yeah. when, when you um, when you get somebody's money, you need to fulfill. And there's been there's been problems with with uh, some people being able to fulfill this year due to paper shortages mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, printer problems. And uh, I don't know, let's go Brandon and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But let's take a bigger look into the campaign. Three days left, $5,249 with 90 backers. Thank you. Thank you to the folks that are back. I appreciate that so much. Oh, yes. And your featured tier. Yes. Let's get into that. All right. So... I call this the graphic novel trifecta because there are actually three graphic novels you can get in this in this campaign. Um, there's two volumes of Magna. So this campaign introduces the second volume of Magna, The Last Pantheon. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can get the first as well if you missed out on that campaign. And then you can also get the first volume of The Posse Fugitives. So it gives you the opportunity through this campaign, through this, to get um, three 76 page graphic novels for 70 bucks plus shipping. So trying to trying to make it as economic as possible, um, you know, getting getting books into people's hands. Uh, you know, I definitely understand, you know, it's a it's a it's a very uh, kind of a tough economy that we're in right now. Yeah. You know, when you're paying 
like three hundred dollars to fill up your truck to go to work, and you're like, oh, yeah. Am I gonna eat this week, or am I gonna read a comic? You know this this quote unquote eleven percent inflation, except for the problem is everything's gone up by a hundred percent. So yeah, the, the grocery bills are at least it's at least fifty percent inflation at least. Yeah, you I'm know? like I want I'd like to have a steak this weekend, but you know I don't have thirty two fifty to buy a steak. So, right. <laughs> I'm like, so you're like just, okay, well, how about some hot dogs and hamburgers? <laughs> Hot dogs sound lovely. I had a salad for dinner tonight. Not for McDonald's. My girlfriend and I had salad for dinner because uh, I didn't take enough food out of the freezer to frost yesterday. So, Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the trifecta. You can get all three graphic novels um, for, uh, for 70 bucks. And for those of you that don't know the story of Magna, uh, the protagonist, her name is Cotty Scottholm, and uh, basically the story starts in volume one where her world is t- turned upside down um, after uh, after an attack from uh, this large dog creature. She learns that she's adopted. She already knows that she's extraordinary. She has extraordinary abilities. This takes her on a journey of self-discovery, and this is a little bit of a period piece book, too, so this is happening in 1942, so we know that you know, in the U.S., you had the shadow of World War II, and in the rest of the world, World War II was was in full swing. So she ends up going to Finland, and uh, you get a little bit of flavor of what was going on in Finland uh, with, with Russia, but kind of primarily uh, you get, um, as her hero story progresses, she finds herself amidst um, a hodgepodge group of the last of the uh, deities on the, of the earth. They're a mix of uh, Norse and Egyptian and Olympian and Chinese mythos uh, characters of myth. And she finds herself in the midst of their struggle for survival. And then you go into volume two, you learn more about who she really is. You learn uh, who's really going after those uh, mythological figures. And uh, you have a really, I think, great culmination as uh, you see kind of her place uh, her place amongst them and her place as a heroine. So that's volumes one and two. You get the full story arc. If you get volumes one and two, you get uh, the full story uh, for, for Magna, which is, you know, close to 160 pages. And then for the Posse Fugitives, this is a contemporary story. It's also in the Beyond Time universe. So those of you that uh, have Back Black Tiger, this is, con- this is contemporary with the Black Tiger story, just on the opposite coach, coast, whereas Black Tiger is a Western seaboard city. Uh, this is in my version of New York called the Decapolis. So there's 10 boroughs instead of five and uh, has a little bit of a Heroes for Hire kind of a feel to it. And, uh, you know, a little, uh, maybe a touch of a kind of escape from New York. You have these um, uh, folks who are incarcerated and in a privatized prison, uh, those that have life sentences, they have experimentation that's being done upon them. This is an unwitting, unwilling experimentation. It results in um, two of the inmates uh, actually inadvertently leading a jailbreak, uh, releasing a whole bunch of these better humans into the Decapolis. So um, you can imagine, um, you know, the whole regular infrastructure and the criminal infrastructure is turned upside down 
So in the Decapolis, uh, each borough has its own what I call magi, which is its own kind of uh, a crime hierarchy. And that's all turned upside down on its head as all these uh, metahuman powered individuals fled the city. And then you have this small collective who are the posse that band together, uh, put aside their differences to save the city. Cool, kind of like a kind of like a hero's. You get the hero's journey, but in a in a group. Exactly. Exactly. And, and uh, hey, ten boroughs. There's lots of crime to clean up. So there's a lot of crime to clean up. <laughs> so this story will be going for a while. <laughs> uh, then we have uh, the Bancroft, uh, aka the Australian variant, the digital choice. The digital choice. So uh, the digital choice for 10 bucks, you will get uh, 76 pages of comic. So uh, you can pick up, if you wanted to get one of the volumes, you can get it for 10 bucks. Um, you can, the add-ons are structured so that if you wanted to get uh, two or three, you can do that. If you want to get three of them digitally, there's another choice that's called the deluxe digital. You want to go that route. Now, while it is 30 bucks, it also gives you a free one-year subscription to Global Comics, which has, uh, you know, tens if not hundreds of thousands of digital comics uh, that you can read. And I think they just closed a deal with with uh, Valiant, so I think Valiant Comics are available on there, along with I know uh, Top Cow and a number of indie books, so like Black Tiger and, and Magna are there as well. Um, so those are some good digital options for you if you're a digital person. Cool. Some people don't have the space in the house for uh, like slews and slews of short and long boxes. Exactly, exactly. Well, at least that's yeah. what my girlfriend. At least that's what my girlfriend tells me. Oh man, my my wife is you know she's just like really, oh my goodness, you know it's like the boxes are, the boxes are like just in our room now. <laughs> oh no, you know, just on the floor in our room. So there's also reversible beanies, which are really cool. I'm really happy with these. Um, and you can, the folks that have backed it have grabbed it as add-ons to their books, but you yep. can also grab it as a standalone perk. It's reversible. So the Magna beanie is yellow and black, and then black and yellow when you reverse it. And the posse is uh, black and red and red and black when you reverse it. So I'm really happy with these, with these beanies. They're really cool. Um, and 24 bucks is just because you know, we're ordering such a low volume. That's that's my cost. Yeah. Uh, you know, to get them. Um, the good thing though is I can pretty much, depending on what you order, I can pretty much you know stuff them, you know, with your books. So there's not you know, there's there's not really a, an additional shipping cost that comes along with the beanies. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's kind of like a bubble wrap you can wear. Exactly, bubble wrap yeah. on your head. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've I've got a reversible beanie. <clears throat> I didn't. Well, yeah, I was gonna say I didn't pay for it. I actually did pay for it because it came in one of those loot crate boxes. Uh -huh. And uh, it was a uh, normal uh, reversible, so it had okay. it had the black. It was black and red, so. Oh, nice. Uh, on one side, it, it had a, you know, this uh, iconic skull, and on the other side, it was telling everybody that uh, my chest is a double T. <laughs> nice. Uh, 
but that's cool uh you know because you get people buying like cool i can you know i can i can wear some cool stuff from from this book and exactly. then you're like yes please advertise my book exactly and it's uh you know and it's it's a it's a good looking good looking beanie too what's up zade studios Yo, Zaid. Jeremy, how are you? And you've got a limited number available of first printings. That's correct. So this was our overprint. This is kind of the overprinting we did from uh, the Volume 1 campaign for mm -hmm. Magda the Last Pantheon. So we still have some that are left. So uh, for those of you that are uh, sticklers about getting first printings, uh, the best way to go in and back is to go in through one of the three uh, first print options for volume one, grab that, and then add the other things that you want that you want to it. If you scroll up just, just a touch, you'll be able to see the uh, cover uh, option. Oh, well, this is actually volume two. So these are your three cover options for volume two. Um, yeah, you know what I gotta say, there's there's three cover options for each of the graphic novels, and I'm super happy with all three covers. You 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 can't go wrong. Oh yeah. You know, in terms of, you know, it all comes down to just personal preference. Yeah. You know. uh, I I do like the first print uh, cover, and I remember what I remember when you were going around on shows with the first volume of of uh, Magna, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> Who's that yeah. thick redhead chick? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn. Well, you can get more over here. So you can so, still get that cover here. And I see her getting whooped on the uh, on the page section here by uh, somebody who looks a lot like an ISIS character. And that is indeed ISIS. So that so Isis is part of this uh, last pantheon that uh, Magna has found herself a part of. So, um, you know. See, my so, my mornings weren't wasted watching Isis on TV. That was never a waste. Isis and Shazam. Yeah. That was that was not a waste by any stretch of the imagination. I think nice. the actress passed away within the last year. Oh yeah, the actress that played her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think about two years ago, I interviewed uh, the first actor to play Shazam on TV. Really? It was awesome to talk to him. I was like a little kid again. Oh, that must have been super cool. Yeah. Okay, so just random, random uh, fact. I saw a Twitter post, and I didn't. I had no idea about this. It showed where Lyle Wagner, who played. Um, uh, Steve Trevor in the original uh, Wonder Woman show. Oh I yeah, guess... he, he he tried out to be Batman. Yeah, you saw that. Yeah, it was, it was like, oh, I'm so glad they went with Adam. That would have been a terrible choice. <laughs> he, you know, he can play he can play the straight man and you know be the be you know the do the tough acting you know fight scenes and whatnot, but. Uh, yeah. You know, Batman would, once in a, Adam would once in a while 
you know, put a little, uh, you know, William Shatner flair on his uh, dramatic acting. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you get to... and so, this is a first print of. This is the second cover option where she's holding up the tank. Mm -hmm. That one is kind of a, an homage to a uh, Alex Ross Wonder Woman um, uh, image from one of his oversized, like an, over, an oversized Wonder Woman. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was just an homage to that because I love that image so much. I, I've got it on my bookshelf somewhere. I, I bought the slipcase of all his oversized into even a bigger oversized one. Nice. That's a good but, acquisition. But, but, the, but the pages don't, the, the covers don't fold back on that one. So. Oh, they don't? Okay. So I, I like it a little better. Okay. And this is the last of the first print options. I call that one uh, the Behold the Pantheon. It's, uh, you know, Cotty or Magna. Her back is to us and uh, the gods are all kind of looking down their nose at her. So those are those are the uh, remaining cover options for those that are that really want to get that first um, that first printing cover for, nice. for volume one. And then in terms of the pages that you're seeing, I mean, you get to see uh, just the tremendous art that uh, Marcio Breu brings to the table. You know, he does he does uh, does justice by our thick ginger here. Oh yeah, it's 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 so good, and I mean, his his fight scenes are just pretty intense. Yeah, and you know that's one thing I always loved in comics. I always loved the, the choreography of the fight, mm -hmm. um, making sure we had that same flow in the comics is always big to me. Um, and he, this man, he knows how to deliver. But I knew he could because uh, he had done work. I'd seen his work previously on um, Dynamite's Red Sonia, so I knew, I knew how he, you know, how he drew characters. I knew how he was able to translate, um, you know, because sequential. I mean, art is one thing, but sequential art is its own beast. You know, yeah, completely different animal. Is 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 an art? Yeah. It's a it's a completely you know different animal, and I have I have ticked more than one artist off at uh, at conventions. Like, you know, want to buy my uh, my cool variant covers here that are only like you know a hundred dollars each? Like, do you do you do any sequential art? No, no. I just do covers. I go, okay. So when you can do sequential art, then you can try to impress me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's a big not fan. An easy, it's not an easy thing to do, so. It's not. It's not, you know, getting getting the flow, you know, getting guiding people's eyes where you want them to go. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, because we've all read books where we sometimes didn't know what panel came next or – you kind of find yourself out of the flow a little bit of the story. Yeah. You know, that's, that's like, uh, you know, it, and it, it really kind of takes you out of that, you know, it takes you out of the flow of the story. You know, you're kind of suspending your disbelief. You're enjoying the story. And then something like that happens. You're just like, you know, what? 
yeah, it's just, you know, just crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was, those were the cover options. So for the posse, um, there are three cover options as well. And like I said, I'm exceptionally happy with all the cover options that are here. You cannot, you cannot go wrong. And the other thing too, with the graphic novel is all three covers are on the inside in a gallery because I, I don't think anyone should buy a graphic novel and feel like they missed out on anything. You know, they should be able to buy their graphic novel and get all the art that's available. So you can choose which one is on your cover, but you're going to get it all, whether it's on the cover or, you know, the, the uh, cover gallery that's on the inside. Oh, cool. I really like that, that dino cover, though. That's pretty rad. The, the dinos are my dudes. I mean, they're, they're no, they're, their name is, is on the nose. But they, and you'll see as we kind of scroll down and get to some of that artwork, they are, they are just wrecking machines. You know, nothing, nothing less than you would expect from dinos. And as, as somebody who grew up, uh, you know, like uh, with the Transformers, the Dinobots were my favorite. Oh, yeah. A friend of mine just grabbed the first appearance of the Dinobots. Uh, it was like graded like a 6.5, you know, so it wasn't like huge. It's like, you know, a, a mid-level, a mid-level graded book. But, you know, right. he goes, he goes for $15. I'm like, well, you can't even get it graded for $15. Right? <laughs> That's so pretty, that's that's pretty cool. You got some pretty cool uh, Magna shirts here. Oh, I'm really happy with the shirts. So we have uh, a couple of different Magna shirts to choose from. There's one kind of with her in the foreground and the hound right behind her. Um, so when you're looking at the images there, you see the back of the shirt. It's a black shirt on the back, and it says Magna, and it has the Beyond Time logo on the shoulder. The front of the shirt is that awesome image of the hound and magna and the other one is the behold the pantheon version of the, of the same kind of a shirt you know with all the deities looking down their nose at at uh at magna so i'm, I'm really happy with those shirts um shade the red was the one that really helped in terms of uh, taking the art and and um kind of designing it properly so that it would really do well on the shirt so i'm super happy with that Nice, but of course, my next question is now, since since you uh, since your name dropped, Shay, uh, are there patches? No patches. I'm sorry. Oh, she must be disappointed in you. She she was, <laughs> she was, because she is she is the queen of patches. Oh, she's I know. The, she's the queen of patches. <coughs> oh, pardon me. Yeah. Oh. And then, likewise, there is a shirt for uh, the posse. Um, and there's two options and I, I really love, so the one on the right, that's a no brainer. That was actually, um, art. That was, uh, an artist that goes by Artisita one on Twitter. His name is Charles Oak. Um, he, he put this together and it has so many cool vibes to it. It has kind of that 1990s vibe to it. It's, it has a little bit of that, um, GTA vibe to it. Um, so it's, it's just a, an awesome, awesome shirt. Uh, and the one to the left, I really like how Shay picked out kind of that uh, uh, offset panel from inside the book. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it just, it's, it, it just stands out. Um, yeah. So those tees are available as well. So I'm really happy with those. 
And then, of course, um, if you're looking on the left, you can see uh, the cover options from volume one that we'd spoken about a little bit earlier. Oh, yeah, a little bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I that that posse shirt on the right got me thinking, you know, a little bit of training day, a little bit of Boys in the Hood. Oh, absolute. You know what? I'm glad you brought up Boys in the Hood because the third cover option uh, for the posse is a straight homage to Boys in the Hood. If you pull up um, the um, the poster that was for Boys in the Hood with Cuba Gooding Jr. in the middle, Ice Cube to the side, and I mean, it is it is that poster. So that was that was a complete homage. And this is some of the mayhem that's happening with uh, some of the deities as they are kind of facing their end. Here's uh, our favorite redhead. As she's, uh, you know, facing different trials and tribulations and showing off her, uh, her supernatural strength in the process, but still looking hot while she does it. And here you get to see uh, some of the art from the posse. Um, you get to see and and um, you know the art the artwork I'm I'm so I'm I'm just excited um, about the product. I think it's a great looking book. This is uh, the newest addition to the Beyond Time universe. Uh, there are uh, some tie-ins with the Black Tiger, but not in a way where you have to buy one or or, or buy the other. But you know, kind of as somebody that enjoys uh, the the universe. If you have one and you read the other, you'll see some tie-ins. You'll be like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." So it's not it's not requisite, but it definitely adds to uh, the depth uh, of your knowledge in the universe. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm break. So the the story literally starts off with a bang. It starts off with the uh, with the prison break. Yeah, this page is so dynamic, too. Yeah. The, the, small, the, the, smallest, the smallest panel is the siren going off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and these are my guys, the dinos. These, they are just wrecking machines. They are metahuman wrecking machines. They are uh, thugs for hire, dinos for hire, dinos, dinos with attitude. <laughs> Dial dino for hire. Yeah. So it's definitely been fun building out the Beyond Time universe and, you know, kind of expanding, um, expanding the lore. But you'll see as the lore expands, it stays consistent, even the things that are happening in, in Magna and Black Tiger and in in the Posse. As somebody who, who grew up, you know, playing a lot of role-playing games, I, I'm, you know, I'm a big believer, not just in world building, but in having world, you know, world engine, understanding how your world operates and, and kind of governing yourself accordingly. Uh, so I do have an engine to this world and as to how it works. I just love this world word bubble right here. Get your hands out of the menudo. <laughs> and I'm like, 
Well, the only menudo I know of was the old singing group that used to be on Saturday mornings. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, Wasn't uh, Ricky Martin a part of menudo? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Menudo was big. Yeah, they got pretty big for a while. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Then, then our guy facing off against the dinos. And this is just a better view of the merch. Nice. Which I am super happy with. And then here are the fabulous people that uh, came alongside me to make this book. Marcio Abreu, who's he's fantastic. Uh, just an amazing penciler. Um, most of the colors were by Omi Remolante Jr. Uh, the very, so basically, this full story arc is six issues. So the last issue was colored by Vinicius, who um, he's, a, he's an outstanding colorist and he's the one that is coloring Black Tiger. So, I mean, there's, there's no drop in, in quality of, of the colors or the art. Mm. And uh, Elizabeth did the first two covers. She did the covers with uh, the big dog creature, the hound. And she did yeah. the cover that was the uh, homage to the Wonder Woman, the Alex Ross Wonder Woman, where mm -hmm. Magnus holds up the tank. And Eduardo did uh, all the other covers. And I'm I'm super stoked for these covers. It's funny, Eduardo looks a lot like She-Hulk. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> Maybe that's how he identifies now, I don't know. And then uh, the, uh, the linchpin to this whole process, my wife, she's... Uh, She's she's a, she's actually an amazing editor, and um, I can't say it enough. You know, for anyone that is creating a property, you need an editor involved early and often, um, mm -hmm. because. And the great thing about her is she's someone that enjoys stories. She's not as big of a comic book head as I am, but what she really helps with is um, keeping the stories on track, the consistency. Uh, you know, it's easy, especially when you live in a story. You know, you you almost start to assume things because you have so much knowledge about the world. I mean, you've built the world, you know, so making sure that you're saying things that need to be said, you're not saying things that don't need to be said. Um, you know, you gotta have that, you know, comics is a left brain, right brain exercise. So part, part of what you're gleaning has to come from the art and mm -hmm. part of what you're gleaning has to come from the words and you don't need to do both. You need to let people enjoy the process of the left brain, right brain, uh, you know, kind of exercise of comics. Yeah. The, the two most important people in a comic are the editor and the letterer. Let me tell you, the letterer is amazing because once you notice the letters, as, as a, they're, the, they're the unsung heroes because mm -hmm. when the letters are great, people don't think anything about it. But when the letters suck, it takes you out of everything. It takes you out of the oh, story. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, there's there's tricks of the trade that they that they learn, you know, along the way. And you know, once you get a good letter, you just don't want to let him go. Yes. Yeah, and and Marco de la Verde, he's he's lettered everything. I think I think I've published in total twenty one or twenty two individual issues that make up all these different graphic novels, and. Uh, He's a phenomenal letterer. He's his uh, Twitter is at Marco de la Verde. Um, he's 
um, not just an amazing letter, but he really works with you, you know, and I really appreciate that. I mean, he's, he's, he's really a high quality guy that really wants to see you put the best product forward that you can. And then uh, the pits for the posse, Ron Adrian uh, penciled the first uh, two issues and Sheldon go the third. And you would not, you wouldn't even know you're going from one artist to the next. Um, Sheldon has actually done a lot of work for Xenoscope. Mm -hmm. um, so you've probably seen his work before. He's, he's a phenomenal, just beautiful artist. Um, and then I had a really cool international crew for, uh, for my inks. It was uh, uh, Ernest Jackson uh, out of the Philippines, and the colorist is actually out of Indo, Indonesia, Bombong Irawan. And uh, Valerio John Giordano, he did some of the covers. Um, he's been, you know, he's been working for uh, he's been working for Marvel now, so he he has a I don't think his contract allows him to uh, to do indie work right now. Uh, but Eduardo uh, he uh, did the third cover. The boys in the hood cover so you can't go wrong with any of those covers oh yeah see see you you phrased that more eloquently i would have said uh so he's not allowed to work on a good book <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> sorry not sorry <laughs> exactly and uh oh Red Valkyrie did the campaign page. So they, they did a great job. They really helped me out because, you know, like I said, I don't think I'll, I'll ever do a campaign again where I have more than one property. Mm -hmm. they, they helped me in the best way possible to lay this experiment out. You know, having both Magna and the Posse in the same campaign. So and now, this is your last chance to get in on it when they're on the same campaign because That's this it. is going to happen again. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. And, uh, you know, as for the campaign goal, the book's already produced. So right now, yeah. like you said, uh, funding printing and shipping and any overage will just go towards these next properties that we're we're already in production for. Yeah, so after this, what's next? So uh, Black Tiger, all the pencils and inks are done for the next uh, Black Tiger. So it's another 75 pages of, of interior story, plus some other awesome artwork, probably bring the book around to 88. It'll be about 88 page graphic novel in its entirety. Nice. All the pencils and inks are done. Uh, over a third of the coloring is done, um, and uh, letters have started on that first third. So um, you know we'll have we'll have Black Tiger together and ready for consumption. I'm excited to finish the story arc for Hidden Dragon, so that will complete the Hidden Dragon story arc. So basically, uh, with that, there will be about there will be 12 Black Tiger issues that would have been completed. All the issues were 25 pages or more. So it, it makes for a nice catalog of kind of Black Tiger content. So if people haven't grabbed, haven't glommed onto Black Tiger, there's a lot of Black Tiger for you to get. And uh, that uh, Black Tiger is still in um, the other the other books. The other nine issues are still on in demand on Indiegogo. Oh, nice. Very nice. 
do you think you might do a Black Tiger omnibus in the future? You know what? I'm really thinking about it because, you know, it's 12 issues of 25 or more pages. Um, I would I would really love to be able to combine all of those stories and and provide you know a nice omnibus. Yeah, because some people don't like the omnibus. I love the omnibus because I mean I'm a big dude, so I can handle a big book. Yeah, but uh, you know, omnibus gets everything together and. Hey, it's also ideal for home defense. Right, exactly. If you get hit with a 40-pound omnibus, you're probably not getting up before the police arrive. So No. <laughs> and if somebody shoots you and they hit the omnibus, it's probably going to stop the bullet. Yeah, you know. It's like, you're not a superhero. Can you stop a bullet? Once. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they say an inch of fat will stop a bullet. And I'm like, whoa. I'm invulnerable. <laughs> You're like, I am invincible. It's like, what if they shoot you in the head? I'm like, all the rocks will stop it. <laughs> you are invincible. Uh, uh, I think I am, but, you know, then I fall down and, you know, being in a wheelchair, I fall on the floor and, you know, we got to call the, we got to call the paramedics to, to come and, lift my fat butt up off the floor. You want to go to the hospital? Hell no. <laughs> Nothing. Let me see. Yeah. Okay. Everything's working. I'm fine. Yeah. Just, like, just, I'm good. Just, just plop me in the recliner uh, next to my coffee mug and my comic books. I'll be okay. Exactly. Comic books in reach. I'm good. So this, this is cool. Uh, it was a very... Uh, large undertaking to uh to put so many graphic novels together yes uh you know in one you know in one grab but it's a it's a good way and i mean at the price you can't really beat it because i've seen you know some campaigns, you know, if you want two copies of the same book, it could cost you a hundred dollars. Exactly. You know, exactly. Um, you know, which is understandable if they're hard covers, but if they're, you know, if they're, you know, soft cover trades, you're like, um, no, you know, not unless a friend of mine, you know, is like, oh, that show you did on this book, I'm PayPaling you. I'm PayPaling you the money. Order them, okay? Right. And then, ship, and then ship mine to me when it gets in. Done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I got that. You know. So unless I'm splitting it, and and it's a you know, if it's a story my girlfriend's interested in, unlikely. Uh, or <laughs> could be though. Uh, it depends on the subject matter and. Uh, you know, or, you know, friends of mine that listen to the podcast. I've had a couple mm -hmm. of people be like, hey, can I don't have PayPal or anything. Can you get me that book? Are you? Yeah, I can. Yeah. 
but you're you're bringing me some uh, some barbecue from down the road, right? And, <laughs> and a six pack. I go and I'll order you the book. There's got to be an exchange here of some sort, right? Come on. I have a I have a good friend of mine who's a little bit older than me. Uh, served in the Navy for a number of years, uh, and and retired and uh, went on to civ- civilian life. And he's a he's a huge comic fan. He's he's come over a couple of times, and I I've sold him some stuff, mm-hmm. and we've we've traded some stuff. You know, good classic stuff. You know, Silver Age. Yeah. You know, our childhood. And exactly. uh, he's 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 brought. He introduced me to fried ends, like burnt ends. And I'm like, "What's burnt ends?" He goes, "When they put the the pig on the roast, the two the two far ends that get burnt to a crisp." He's like, mm-hmm. "They're so good." And I tried them. I go, "Should we get more of these?" He goes, "Well, I had to go to Connecticut for these, so." Wow! Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, just savor these. He goes, he goes, but you know, you need to get out more and and get yourself some burnt ends. Like, that's good to know. That's, I'm working that's... on it. They're 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 quite good. There's a couple of good soul food places like up around me, and uh, I treasure them. And once a month, I try to get a little something. something. There you go. Because none of that's on my diet. I hear you. I hear you. It's the simple things, though. Oh, it's the simple things. Good, good food and uh, and good comics. And that's right. This isn't Grubhub, but this is this is your comic hub today. That's right. And it's it's right here with manga in the posse. You can get all three issues uh, in the in the featured perk. $70 plus shipping. Uh, right. Check it out and get you some. Uh, John, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking. Appreciate you, Will. Thank you, man. Thanks for having and, me on. Uh, I, look, I look forward to uh, to your next endeavor and uh, to see uh, to see where you go with, uh, with things uh, taking an interesting turn in the crowdfunding market now. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, it's, uh, it's it's definitely a a an ever changing uh, market right now. Oh yeah. So if you want to check out Manga and the Posse, and you're listening to this on the podcast. All you have to do is go to where you saw the podcast, scroll down into the, the description, and there will be a link there. And also uh, where you can follow John, which is at Beyond Time Inc. on Twitter. That's right. So until next time, uh, we thank you all very much for tuning in. And uh, cheers to everybody that came into the chat today. Thank you, guys. And uh, honestly, all I can tell you is to uh, relax in this hot, hot heat next to the AC and read yourself some good comics. Until next time, everybody. Take care.